How well do you know your family history? Are there any dark secrets? Well, think about how you might react if you discovered that your ancestors once owned a sugarcane plantation that made them a fortune off the back of slave labour. That's exactly what happened to our next guest when he was researching the Trevelyan family history in England. John Dower joins us now from the UK. John, good morning. Hey, Patricia, how are you doing? Good. Now, John, take us back to 2016. How did you make the discovery that your ancestors had been slave owners on a Caribbean island? Yeah, good question. Um, and it wasn't just one plantation, I'm afraid to say. It was far more than that. We, 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 we know there were six and we think there may have been up to ten. They were part, they were part owners of, um, uh, of these plantations and owned between them 1,004 1, slaves. Um, in 2016, I was researching the um, UCL, uh, University of Central London Centre for the Studies of Legacies of British Slavery database, which had just come out. Um, I'd found out about it through an article I read, and that's where I discovered it. It was a tough, brutal life for the men, women and children who were sent to the Caribbean islands. Just give me a sense of how hard life was, was on that plantation. Well, I mean, as I say, there were there were more than one, and 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 your listeners will probably know that there are not that many accounts of of the lives of slaves because they weren't the people that wrote the history. Tragically, so there are a few accounts, but and we I think what we do know is that punishments were draconian, life expectancy was short, conditions were terrible, and the cruelty meted out on the these people and the and the 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 expectations for the work they did. Was, was appalling. I mean, we are talking about a crime against humanity here. How did it feel then when you read the detail that they had owned, um, as you say, uh, over a thousand people, enslaved West Africans? It felt, it was really hard to take. And the reason for this is because, I'm, I'm sure many of, many of your listeners would find this hard to take when, when they find this out suddenly. But the reason I found it particularly hard, I think, is because I'd always been taught by my parents and my father, whose ancestors owned the slaves, that I should I should always think about doing the right thing. That morals were really important. We were always brought up to think about, you know, use our conscience and to do the right thing. So, finding out about the fact that we own this many slaves, it was really tough. And I and it it was a bit like a, a moment of real dissonance between what I thought my family was and what I realised it was. Mm. In the 19th century, the British government abolished slavery and they compensated slave owners. Um, I think it was in 1835 that the family, the Trevelyans, received what is now about $5 million in our money. How did that benefit the family? That's right. Um, Well, it's difficult. Again, I mean, it's difficult to find out exactly where that money went. It was split between six people and then they had children and then it dissipated to some extent. We think we're still looking into this and the history is very difficult to 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 trace, as you can imagine, because the the records are are few and far between. But we think that some of the renovations of of, um, the houses they owned in Northumberland and in Somerset would have been renovated. But in 1943, my great-grandfather, Charles Phillips Trevelyan, who was a Labour MP and owned the house in Northumberland, Wallington, that's the side of the family I'm descended from, gave the house to the National Trust. So at that point, the wealth really went out of the family. But um, 
certainly it was a lot of money. Like you say, it was five million Australian dollars worth. That's a huge sum of money. And, and this was called compensation. But of course, the slaves received nothing. It's staggering, isn't it, um, that the that the slave owners got the compensation, not the not the people who'd actually endured the slavery. How did the family react to your discovery? Was this widely known, or was this a complete shock? No one knew in the family. It was my cousin Humphrey Trevelyan and I discovered it around the same time. And um, I st- spoke to my dad first. He knew nothing about it. I was. I was really upset about it, to be honest. And and I said to him at the time, I think I think we need to apologise for, for what we did. Um, and he he agreed. I mean, this was seven years ago, and it, it was very memorable to me because he died recently. And to me, that was a really important start of the discovery, of, of the journey that I've been on since. But um, the family, it's not been easy, as you can imagine, because you can imagine it's not been an easy journey that we've gone on and it's taken seven years of discussion and emails and uh, meetings and Zoom meetings and it's been a process to get where we are. We now have 62 signatories for our apology, which we're taking to Grenada. So it's it's been a long journey and it has not been an easy one. Caribbean nations have been campaigning uh, for reparations to be paid by former colonial powers and institutions which profited from slavery. Should families also be financially accountable? It's a good question. Um, The CARICOM um, uh, Reparations Commission, uh, who we've been liaising with, uh, we know the the chair of it, um, Sir Hilary Beckles, who's also the vice chair of the University of the West Indies, I mean, their their main push is towards uh, um, um, European governments. Um, it's a question they don't they don't talk about individuals, but certainly I th- I think that I think we feel as a family that as a family we should do this, and I don't really want to speak for other families because ultimately, I think it's up to them and it's up to their consciences and it's up to their doing what they think is right. I think that it's up to everyone really to assess what their conscience tells them. But um, certainly mm. for our family, I felt that was that was felt important. But I mean, ultimately, I would I would be holding the responsibility at state level and at the royal family. There's always uh, really complicated debates about a level of responsibility for past generations and their injustices, and really mixed views too, and some nuance. Uh, I've got one text message, for instance, from someone saying it's annoying to hear people preoccupied with forebears for so, from so long ago. What's your reaction to that? Why do you, why do you think it is your responsibility or, or somehow the onus is on you now? I've always felt that um, history is the most important subject. And I think if we forget our history we don't and don't know our history, I don't think we really know ourselves. So only by knowing our history, I think, do we truly know who we are and what we're going to do and what we're going to do in the future. And if I look around me, I live in um, South London, in, in Brixton. Um, it's a very multicultural area. I, I feel as though the repercussions of slavery and the inequalities, particularly towards um, the, the people of African descent, I, th- I think it's all around us still. Um, I think that the George Floyd um, killing in 2020 and the subsequent Black Lives Matter, um, you know, that that whole wave of, of feeling and emotion and politics that came out of that, I think it proved that the legacy of slavery is still with us. And that's why I think this is such a crucial thing to do, because 
slavery was a crime against humanity that we need to try and do all we can to understand um, and to try and um, come to terms with and, and ideally try and do something to make the world a better place in the future. I think racism is still really with us. Yeah. Look, one of the other points which I'd find really interesting to explore, and your cousin Laura Trevelyan, who's actually a BBC correspondent, has made this point. She's spoken about uh, white privilege and really made this point that it's her belief that her own social and professional standing can be traced back to her slave-owning ancestors. So it's not just about what they did, it's about how that, that intergenerational benefit that it provides is what she's talking about. Do you share that view? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think privilege is a really difficult one. And whenever we talk, it's a big, been a big pre, uh, conversation within the family about how you define it and how you define how you've benefited personally. A lot of people feel as though they don't, haven't had privilege. But when I look around, you know, people of, 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 of my family and um, I, I suppose middle class people in Britain, of which I, I would count myself one, I'd say that you know, we, we've done pretty well and we've done pretty well largely because of things like inherited wealth, education, um, a sense of, um, uh, of being allowed to be who we want to be. All of these things, actually, I think in, in, the, in the larger scheme of things, if you look at the, the wider world, these are, these are what you might call elements of privilege. Um, so, yes, I, I would essentially agree with Laura, but I, I, I think that we all have to speak for ourselves. I don't really want to pass judgment on other people, but I, I think as, a, as there are many, many people in Britain who have a lot of privilege, and I think a lot of it comes from the past and it comes from the inherited wealth, and we know where a lot of that money came from back mm. in the day. On a tour of the Caribbean last year by the Prince and the Princess of Wales, William and Kate, they were met with some protesters who were calling for slave trade reparations. Is it time for King Charles to make an apology for the royal family's involvement in the trade? Absolutely. I mean, all I can say is absolutely yes. <laughs> it's absolutely about time. And I'm hoping that now that we have a new king, um, I'm hoping that he will make an apology and start doing something about the terrible things that the royal that were done in the name of the royal family during the days of slavery. I mentioned your cousin Laura Trevelyan, who's the BBC correspondent. She's actually donated a hundred thousand pounds. Where will that money go? Uh, yeah, we're setting up a research fund um, at the University of the West Indies to look into the economic impacts of enslavement with a focus on development in Grenada and the Eastern Caribbean. I do want to point out that we have two other strands to our reparations um, 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 approach. As I pointed out before, the house was given to the National Trust, which means a lot of the wealth from the family uh, was dissipated and, and was not inherited. So, People will be um, doing this according to their means. And if you wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind just laying out a couple of the other things that we're doing if you've got time. Sure, briefly. Okay. So the first is that we're going to be contributing um, to uh, two really important charities, the University of the West Indies Open Campus Programme and, and a charity called Grenade, which is um, an education development programme dedicated to youth empowerment, leadership and sustainable development. And the other strand of our reparations is, is we're going to be using our skills, experience and knowledge to hopefully get involved in mentorship and education. So we're essentially offering our time. So me, uh, my brother and my uncle, who's a documentary maker, we all work in, 
in the sort of screen side. I, I'm a film director. My brother's a theatre director and writer. And we want to go and talk to the Film Commission and to educators about how we might be able to contribute to empowering young people uh, and Grenadians generally to, to, be, to tell their stories. But it's not John. just about money. I think it's about an approach. No. It's it's a yeah it's about um and 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 changing relationships as well, John. Thank yeah, you so much to for joining us. Others to do the same. It's okay. such a thought provoking approach you've taken, John Dower, who's gone public with his family's slave owning history. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.